Welcome back to the Goalie Corner presented by One Stop Goaltending. I'm Coach Michael, and today's guest has played pro hockey in both Sweden and the U.S. He has over 90,000 subscribers on YouTube and another 80 between TikTok and Instagram. It's Trav4 Oilers, also known as Travis Ridgen. Welcome to the Goalie Corner, Travis. Talking about your hip surgery, what was the actual injury? Uh, so there's a, there's a couple. So uh, the real injury is cam hip, which is on you know my femur. There's a, a yeah. big bone growth, right? And, and it's a growth yeah. that is the body's defense system against goaltending. Um, the surgeons and the doctors believe that it was partially genetics because some guys get it, some guys don't. So obviously I had genetics that enabled me to grow that bone growth, but it was also the huge growth spurt that I had when I started goaltending. Like I was probably five foot five foot seven five foot eight when i was 10 years old to six foot five when i was like 14 15 so you have this huge growth spurt along with this new addition physically of goaltending to my life my body's just freaking out which would make sense why there's such a big bone growth you know on on my hip so that in turn uh ended up making internal rotation impossible um my labrum was was a grade two tear um there was some cartilage uh pretty banged up on the hip side my femur cartilage was good um, but, but this over the last five or six years, cause I, I knew about it for the first time five, or six years ago when I got x-rays and stuff done, it wasn't anything urgent. It was just oh, a little bit of discomfort. How can we manage it? And, and they told me like, it will progressively get worse, but it's manageable right now. Um, as a result of the hip issues, I had a groin tear in junior that kept me out like four or five months. It was terrible. My last year junior, I remember playing on a playoff game. I, I hadn't skated for two months. I had a first playoff game. I said, coach, I'm going to play. With a torn groin, my God, it was so painful the next day. I, I don't know how I met so many wraps and creams and everything. It was nutty. Um, so that was that was a big issue. The groin issue slowly ended up trickling into knee issues, uh, which, which were bursitis, which is basically the muscles uh, yanking on your knee and your knee freaking out and inflammating, causing more pressure on the pressure that is already there. And it's like having knives in your knee, just like, like popping you in on the inside of your knee. And that was on and off at the beginning. And then it became pretty bad. Um, would have been, I guess, March of 21. It took me about three months to get that to calm down. And then it came back December of 21. Um, and I couldn't get it to calm down. The only thing that fixed it was cortisone, which is a steroid. I, I, I didn't want to take, but I had no choice at the time if I wanted to finish up the season. Because when I got the cortisone shot, I'd only played six games in Sweden my first, my second year. And six games was not enough to get any team to, to give me a, a realistic look. So I was like, well, you take the steroids and get some games or you don't. So I got the steroids, played great. Well, not great, played okay. <laughs> um, uh, ended up finishing off the summer. June rolls around. I'm starting to skate. Immediately the, the knee issues come back. I'm like, now I, I don't know what to do. I need more cortisone. So I tried waiting out about a month, needed more cortisone, got a shot. It worked, but it kind of didn't work. It, it, it was okay. So I ended up getting another shot to get me started for this season. Like day before I went to Motor City and everything was great for about a month. And then after about a month, it, it started to just wear off and it was like slowly like off the cliff and then right downhill. And to the point where when I left the team, uh, December 1st or whatever, whatever it was, dude, like I, I remember like the clamping, pinching feeling. I, I swear my labor and being pinched off because there, there was a um, uh, tear or might have been two tears kind of going down the side. But I remember feeling like being pinched by my femur and my hip in like in the capsule. 
And dude, it, it's some of the most excruciating pain I've had in my life. Like I remember just being on the ice at practice and, and our goalie coach knew, but I told him this because otherwise the dude wouldn't want to escape me into the ground. But I remember telling him this and just being like, dude, like I'm going to cry. Like I, I'm generally at the point of tears. I'm in so much pain. And um, so those are the injuries. And I just, I, I couldn't skate anymore. Um, and I, I just decided to, I'm like, well, I'm putting in all this work and destroying my, my lower body. I haven't caused like irre- irreversible damage, but it's, it's going to be getting to that point extremely soon. Cause I like, I, I can't really do a butterfly right now. I can keep taking cortisone shots, but it ends up breaking down your knee. The more you take and it's, it, it's long-term effects. I don't want, I didn't want to begin with. So I just said, you know what? I'm not playing. There's really no benefit to me, you know, getting more cortisone or sticking around for the season. I'm going to go get hip surgery. I'm sorry. Good luck. I'll be hundred percent next season. If you want me great. If not, I will go wherever I'm wanted and I'm going to be able to play and give you the goalie that I believe that I can be because I can't right. give you uh, the goalie that I want to be. I would say the first you know, three weeks of October, I was a goalie that I wanted to be because I had no pain and everything was good because the steroids were taking care of everything quite nicely. But as we started doing the road trip, because I think we spent the first two weeks really at home, as we started doing these like 10, 12-hour bus rides, sitting on the bus, getting right off the bus and to practice the morning skate, that's when the issues came back. So um i got the hip surgery three and a half weeks ago i guess almost four weeks as of uh wednesday uh i'm walking i'm doing stairs 100 percent. i'm squatting i'm you know doing hinges like deadlift hinges no weights obviously um yeah things are which going is on. wild crazy dude. i spend a month out of surgery was it so did they just repair your hip and that's what's going to fix your knee yes so the Whoa. the the thought is that um so the canopy impingement causes groin issues, like like so much tension in the groin, and the groin yeah. has caused these knee issues because everything's connected. Has to find a way to everything's it out. compensating for itself. Exactly. Like I I can only do certain things with my hip, so something has to take the load off, which is my groin. And then when the the groin is too tight and can't do it, well, my knee has to go. Well, the knee really doesn't have anywhere to go outside of the calf, but the knee is that that uh, that middleman. So. Yeah. The belief is we fix the labrum and we fix the actual hip issues. The groin can finally chill out. It's going to take a while, but it'll chill out and the knee issues will be fixed. And I will say um, a lot of the issues went away right away after surgery, like like the chronic pain, the discomfort. Um, I still have some knee pain probably in the last like week, week and a half, but it's because I can't get myself into certain positions to stretch my groin or my hip flexor in certain ways still. So I'm hoping sometime end of February, I'm at the point where I can finally start stretching those muscles out. Cause I, I just, I can't do it right now. I'm not, I don't have the ability to. Yeah. And that kind of makes sense to be honest with you. I had a pretty big knee surgery, uh, totally new ACL MCL and take out 90% of my meniscus when I was 18. And I was supposed to be crutches or on, uh, in a wheelchair for like the first five weeks did my own research, right? That's the doctor's opinion. And he knows what's best, but he's going to be a little bit more reserved with his recovery process than some other people might be. Anyways, did my own research, found out NFL players that have had similar injuries. They're back walking in two weeks. They're back training after month, month and a half at low level. And then they're back to their very contact sport uh in like five months right so that's that was my plan i was like here's what i'm gonna do i need to find someone to help me and push me to not push myself right because i i go too hard and that was my issue 
And yeah, first game was, I think, six months back, back full practicing four months back. It was pretty cool. It was a cool process, and I'm happy that it happened. It sucked during the time, but I'm a lot of life lessons were learned in that process. But talking about hip surgeries themselves, I have four goalies that have had hip surgery this year alone, and it all has something to do with the bone growth. The most recent one was a 16-year-old, and the other three were all 18, 19. And uh, one of the physios that one of these guys have gone to says that since hockey has turned into a 12-month sport, there's no counteracting our movements, right? So think back to when you and I were young. We'd play hockey, then we'd play soccer or baseball or whatever, right? And then go back to hockey and do a couple camps here and there, but it wasn't hockey, spring hockey, summer hockey, back into regular season hockey, right? Mm-hmm. And so apparently what was happening was uh, this guy's femurs and hips were adapting and developing into the forward stance of a goaltender. And there was nothing during the off season to kind of pull them back into a normal position. So their ball and socket joint were developing like an oval, which is weird to think about. Yeah. I, I, I never heard about that from my surgeon, but he did mention that the growth itself was probably set for me, probably around 16, 17, which would make sense. That's when I finished growing a little bit before that. Um, yeah. And then the rest kind of is a trickle down effect of it over, I guess, the last 10 years of, uh, of mileage. So um, I, I, I hope personally that uh, like selfishly, I, I'm able to shed some light on this and, and help some goalies and some coaches because looking online there's nothing on this surgery there's no first-hand experiences from actual goalies it's just doctors running through what actually they do what happens all these types of things so i'm like well all right just like the montages just like the reviews i'll be the first to shed some light on this i guess i'll be the guinea pig right so um <laughs> why not i i got a, actually i got a text from uh you know jamie phillips yeah actually i don't know him personally but i've been following his stuff here yeah he, he's my boy he uh he texted me yesterday he's like Excited to, to see the hip surgery video tomorrow. I can't wait to watch in 10 months when guys see how flexible you are and everybody's lined up for hip surgery because of the video you posted. And honestly, yeah. like, if that's the case, great. But I'm excited to just share with people, like, what our goalies are actually doing to their body because nobody seems to want to share this because, again, it's one of those, like, taboo things. Don't ever say anything that's, like, not politically correct. Well, there's dudes destroying their – sorry, excuse my language – there's there's guys destroying we're this far their, in man like don't apologize uh, there's guys destroying their bodies left and right just to play a damn sport and hopes for getting you know a junior offer or a college scholarship or, or whatever the case may be it's like like can we please just try to take care of our athletes we don't need to drill ten thousand reps in the guys we can do five reps nice breaks in between quality no messed up uh, technique we'll do a couple sets we'll get out of here we'll call it a day like there's um I love working with Pascal Villana because uh, he's like the energizer bunny. He just like goes, goes, goes. He never stops. And I was to tell him, you know, for the last two years, like, hey, I'm not like all your other goalies. We have some things we're working with. This is the deal. Can we please try to play within these boundaries? He says, no problem. Like last summer, we had a, an hour and a half ice session booked. And after about 35, 40 minutes, he said, you know what? 
hips kind of feeling it. I think we've gotten some good reps. You want to call it a day? Yeah, let's call it a day. Let's save ourselves for tomorrow. Like that's perfect goalie coaching, understanding your athletes, knowing that, hey, he's giving me all he has. Give me some good reps. Let's not push it. Let's just leave it. So the mind believes that like, this is the way we're going to do things. We're not going to water it down. So I, I really do hope that, uh, I guess today's video with the hip surgery documentation and everything over the next couple months leading to whenever I start skating again in June and playing next season that I hope that this really sheds some light and, and helps some, some other goalies out there. We want to thank our friends over at BetStamps for supporting the Goalie Corner. BetStamps is an all-in-one marketplace for any sports better to find the best odds for any sports book. If you're new to sports betting or a seasoned vet, this is going to make finding picks easier and save you time. By using the app, you can line shop across all sports books to ensure you are finding the best value available for each wager. BetStamps allows you to track verified bets across all major sports books. It is also a commission and royalty-free platform for people that like using other people's picks for specific sports. You are able to follow other bettors and are notified when they make picks. Download the app today and use our referral code GOALIECORNER when you sign up. That is G-O-A-L-I-E-C-O-R-N-E-R. Again, that's Goalie Corner. Back to the show. Well, let me ask you this. Do you wish you got it earlier? I couldn't have. That, that was part of the problem was I probably, I would say I kind of had my finger kind of on the cusp of getting it before COVID. But obviously, as you know, being in Canada, once COVID happened, everything else shut down. So it was impossible to get in to meet the guy to actually do the surgery. And I remember after last year in Sweden, because I, I knew how how bad the injuries were, were getting. Obviously, I'm, I'm keeping a very closed door policy for you know putting things online because I want teams to see it. But like I'm calling and emailing, harassing this like staff. Please get me in. You got to get a referral because you got to get at least for my case, my physio needed to recommend me to a clinic center. The clinic center needed to recommend me to uh, an athletic therapist who needed to recommend me and give me a referral to go see. Uh, the actual surgeon, the actual surgeon to talk to him, who then needed to assess me if I was good for surgery. And we're talking like this is like a, a years of process, like impossible. It's to get. like a backwards process, I think. Yeah, it really, really, really is. And so I'm harassing them. They finally tell me, "Listen, end of June, here's your day. Come in." I said, "I will be there. I don't care what's going on. I, I will be there." And I finally got in. And he says, well, we can book you for about October, October, September-ish, because you, you need surgery. Dude. You're not going to make it the full season. And I said, well, unfortunately, because of the timing, I'm not just going to tell my new team, hey, I'm going to go get a hip surgery. Thanks for signing me. They're like, no, I, I have to take more steroids. I have to get the job done and get my foot in the door here. So I would have loved to have done it earlier. But honestly, like January, uh, like do, doing it on the 4th was the first time I was actually able to, to get it done. I didn't because it's a six month process. No matter what you do, you're going to miss half of this year, or half of next year. I figured, well, I'm in the perfect spot where I'm not really losing anything. Like, I mean, our team in Motor City right now, our starters played every game for the last five, six weeks. So I haven't really missed much outside of practices and I'm fixing my hip. So um, yeah. this was the first time I was able to actually do it. Otherwise, I would have done it sooner. Awesome. Yeah, I, that's a good answer. I think I, I would always say, it's pretty easy to get in the mindset. Like right when you first felt it, and they're like, you don't need surgery now. Like, just wait. There's some goalies, like one of the four goalies. He's like, this is going to be like my biggest year. He's playing juniors, 17, 18 year old. 
And he's like, this could be my big year. It's like, yeah, you're going to say that about next year and then next year and then the year after that and the year after that. Like there's always the next season's always going to be a big year. Right. But you're going to for him, it was great. He was in a lot of pain. Um, He was contemplating, like, do I get the surgery like now or wait until the off season? It's like. If you get in the off season, you're gonna miss the beginning of the next season, right? If you get it now, you know what you're missing, and you have the whole off season to keep recovering, getting stronger. So when you come back, you're the goalie that you always wanted to be. I think he likes the decision he made. He decided he decided to get it at the beginning of the season, but it's just a dangerous mindset to be in next season oh i'll get it next year or like it's going to go away maybe right like how a lot of younger goalies are because in junior hockey it's a business you're a slab of meat just like in pro hockey right you're a slab of meat we don't know yeah and it's like we need to at least the goalie coaches need to put the foot down it's like this is what you need this team's going to be here and if they don't want you then you probably didn't want to be a part of this team Right. Like even after the surgery, if they don't give you an honest chance, they're not honorable. Move on. There's going to be somewhere else. Absolutely. And like I said before, you don't want me. Well, somebody else will. I think part of the problem, too, is like just getting at a point where I can feel comfortable getting the surgery and not worrying too much. Like You're balancing me. I need to fix these issues. But I also if I don't have a team, it doesn't really matter if I fix the issues. So like for me, when teams started making trade offers for me this season, when I haven't even started a game, that's when I was like, okay, okay, I, I can get the surgery and they'll be interested. It may not be here, but somebody will take a flyer on me. I, I know somebody will. Somebody already did. So um, nice. that was my comfort point. So I'm not really worried about not having a team for next year. Somebody will take a flyer on me, but everybody has to get on that, that comfortable uh, spot where they feel comfortable doing everything. Absolutely. Final question. I ask, I ask everybody this. Okay. What is a some what is the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? And what's a piece of advice for the younger generation coming up? Uh advice for the younger generation coming up. Uh ask questions, be a constant question machine, question everything. Why? What is the purpose? Critically think. Okay, does this make sense? Are there any flaws to this? And this could apply to anything. Gym training, goalie coaching being goalie coach, the team you're with. Um, don't be afraid to ask tough questions as well, like difficult questions, because like you mentioned, if a team didn't want you, they're not going to answer the tough questions. If they're interested, yeah. they'll give you an honest answer, usually. Um, best piece of advice I got. To be honest, um, there really isn't a lot that, that kind of sticks out. I think that um, there's, there's a lot of mentorship that like, I lacked to, let's say, be successful as a junior goalie or at college or all these other things. So... Maybe isn't anything that stands out my mind off the top of my head, to be honest, outside of what I, I just mentioned to you. And that's fine. After being in the sport for 16 plus years, I think it's pretty easy to have some stuff blur together. Yeah, absolutely. So, hey, this is fun. though. I appreciate you taking the time and good luck. I'll be following. Hopefully someone else will be following too and keep track of you. Awesome, dog. You got to listen to the new podcast and watch the new hipster dream blog from today. <laughs> yeah, you want to plug it real quick yeah sure uh if uh, you never heard of me before uh, my name is travis ridgen i play professional hockey for the motor city rockers you can also find me on youtube you can watch my 
Life in the Fed blog, where I document everything from you know, getting my first ever paycheck to getting sticks from the team, traveling on the road, 12-hour bus trips, where we eat pizza and chicken parmesan, the $5 all-you-can-eat soup and salad combo at Olive Garden. I'm, I'm serious. That's actually our pregame meal officially. Um, the bus trips, the morning skates, the traveling, the day-to-day life of being a professional goaltender to now getting hip surgery. Um, if you want to hear behind-the-scenes stories that I can't put on my vlog because the vlog gets too many views, you can listen to my podcast called Sling the Biscuit that I host with uh, Winnipeg radio legend. He has a top morning radio show in the city of Winnipeg. His name's Dave Wheeler. And uh, we talk minor pro hockey. We talk pop culture. We will not sell alcohol to your kids like other mainstream corporate podcasts. But uh, we try to keep things very chill. We don't mention any politics, any other BS. We just want to keep good vibes and uh, try to do a good 40 to 50 minute show every Sunday. So check it out. Awesome. Thank you. Anytime, man. I'll talk to you later. Absolutely. See you, dude.